Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. Mine served the purpose it needed to serve. I got a lot of things done on Saturday. I decompressed and rested on Sunday. And now I'm back. It's Monday. And we're back in Sewanee. And we're back in our routine for the first time in a week. And really, it was like a brand new routine because we switched routines when we got to Sewanee kind of match our lifestyle a little bit more. So I'm like back in my brand new routine, which I don't even know if is how that works, but that's what's going on over here. Uh, the kiddo is here now, which I'm really excited about. We're loving having them here and just kind of watching them get to experience this place for the first time and kind of absorbing how they're encountering it. That's been really cool. Um, we start every coffee chat chat episode off with three good things. Today I have five good things and that's because I decided to make it like a themed version. (laughs) So one of my big projects this week has been to like make this house smell better. Um, And there are some things that have worked and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to share that with y'all while we're here. So The first one is the canvas scented candle from Target. It's like the hearth and home line. Um, It smells like a fancy hotel, like really clean laundry. And so that feels good. The second thing that is working is the diffusers. So we have four diffusers for this house. I brought two and then I purchased two when we got here. And I'm just kind of running a combination of sweet orange and mint, and it does feel really clean and nice. Third is I put baking soda just like around everywhere, especially the areas that felt the most moist and damp (laughs) smelling. Um, I did that. And then I got the Febreze antimicrobial fabric spray. Um, It doesn't really have much of a scent, it's pretty chill. Like it's not like trying to smell flowery or anything, but it's just like a really clean scent and it takes the smell away from things. And that has worked really well, especially in the rooms that have like carpets and like furniture that's gone. I mean, it's not a perfect system, but right after I spray it, it smells really nice. The last thing is that I put dryer sheets in all of the air conditioning vents in the rooms that needed it most. So when the air conditioner is running, it smells like fresh laundry. These are the things that I have tried and they've worked to varying degrees, (laughs) if I'm honest. Okay, so let's get into what I am learning right now. So the first one is just, or really this is like all the same thing and it's really about embracing the, how do I phrase this? Embracing the 
like womanly tasks <laughs> of making a home. And I don't mean that in the sense that there are actually tasks that are for women. I don't subscribe to that to such a degree that I resent them with every fiber of my being. <laughs> so I, you know, I've kind of formed my entire personality around not being a caregiver. And I think a lot of female sevens do this. I think we watch, a lot of us have type two mothers. And so we watch them get kind of sucked dry by their relationships and how they kind of over-sacrifice and over-give. And so I have formed my identity and my personality around being the opposite of that, you know, to such a degree that the role of like caregiver, house giver, house carer, like these things are things that I grow easily resentful of and really like don't necessarily avoid if I, I don't avoid them. I, I like having a clean house. I like having things done a certain way. Like I'm, I'm very much like that, but it's easier for me if I live alone. And I've learned I've, recently, like this week, I've really come to the observation that I think I fear being trapped in the role of housewife. And so I resist sometimes things that are simply like acts of love out of an obstinance to gender roles. And I had this realization this morning because last night my husband had a ton of schoolwork to do. It was my night to cook dinner. And I was like, you know, he, he's in a writing program. We're here for six weeks. Like he's got to make the most of the time. And I was thinking like, he needs to have the space to write during dinner and not feel pressured to like be in that space with us. So I was like, you feel free to like write during dinner. He ended up having dinner with us, but we just shortened it. You know, we we're just kind of like, okay, you go upstairs now and go write. Like, and so I made dinner and then I cleaned up. And then this morning I was doing laundry and I was like, none of this feels bad because I'm doing it out of pure love. Right. And I think that when you do things like this out of love, it's uh, totally worth it. But when we do it from a place of obligation or if we feel tricked into doing it, you know, a lot of times when you're in partnership, someone else isn't pulling their part or pulling their weight. And so then you feel like, well, I'm being forced to do, to do this. And for me, that's um, not ideal. You know, if I'm a seven with an eight wing, right? Like <laughs> I don't want to be trapped in painful experiences or an emotional pain and I don't want to be controlled. So um, those two things kind of coming together to make a perfect little recipe for not responding well to that behavior. That being said, when I'm doing it by choice and out of love, it feels really good. And I think this morning I just kind of had this warmth at the concept of embracing the role of like mother or caregiver. And that's new for me. I think that I fall into that role very easily. I think I'm a very comforting person. I'm a warm person. I think people feel comforted by me often or caregift by me often, but it doesn't come naturally <laughs> and it isn't something that I want to feel obligated to do, right? So I've been thinking about that. The other thing that this has brought up for me is the conversation around feminine and masculine energy. I had a conversation at a party the other 
like, gosh, maybe a month ago at, after OB graduated from college, we went to like a graduation party and I was talking to someone's husband and he's a chemist and he was talking about how he's been toying with, you know, like feminine masculine energy and kind of looking into what does this look like when it comes to science? And we were having this conversation and I'm often very resistant to this conversation. I don't like being told that I'm a woman, so I should be feminine. I don't like being told that I should rest into my feminine energy. I think that's something in that there's like a, that it's bad to lead with masculine energy if you are a woman and that men, like these are things that people who preach this say, they say like men are drawn to the feminine energy. And so if he's in his masculine, you have to be in your feminine. And I, I'm a big no on that, right? Like this, this binary of things. Um, no, thank you. I will, I will not. Um, that being said, my, I recently did listen to Glennon Doyle had a podcast where they talked about gender and she kind of talked about how all of her gender is like presented to others. Like internally, she doesn't feel like a girl, but she presents girl externally. And that I can relate to that. Like, I feel like internally, I feel like I have a lot of masculine energy. I have a lot of feminine energy. Um, and I present feminine and I often internally feel more masculine. Not that I feel like I am a man, but I think like energetically, I just feel much more connected to boyness. Um, I've always been a tomboy. I always felt com more comfortable around guys. Like I had to learn how to be a girl's girl. Like that didn't come naturally to me. There's a million things we can talk about with that. Like I have, you know, how did I have to become a girl's girl? Like all the mistakes I made along the way in becoming a girl's girl. I have so much about that and I'm happy to talk about it. But within that, all of that to say, it's, I'm coming back to the point here. All of that to say, I do believe that every person has masculine, quote unquote, and feminine energy. I also think we could use different language for this because I think this is a little bit polarizing. I think when we think about feminine energy, they talk about it being like soft, slow, receptive, you know, pausing, listening, waiting for an invitation. And I think that this could be just receptive energy or open energy, soft energy. And then when we talk about masculine energy, people talk about like driving, future oriented, pushing powering through, making things happen, which is very much more my comfort zone. <laughs> and, um, and I think when we look at it that way, that could be like driver energy. And so I'm much more comfortable with that language, but all of that to say, I lead with driving energy. Okay. I have big get things done energy and I want to embrace the more soft, receptive energy in myself, especially while we're here in Tennessee, because it's kind of forcing me to, because it's just, just so slow here. And my husband needs to be the star of the show right now, which I normally am. <laughs> and the one thing we talk about a lot, you know, I'm a four, I'm a seven, he's a four. It's like, we're both the main characters of our lives. And we like have to learn when to let when to prioritize who's the main character. And right now he needs to be the main character. 
And that requires me to be more in a soft, receptive place in a more flexible, fluid, um, caregiving energy, which does not come naturally to me. But I feel like when it comes from love, like I said earlier, when it comes from love and not from obligation or societal pressures, then it's easy, (laughs) right? Like from then it's like that I can do. So I actually have an essay for type five about this exact topic. And I wanted to read it to you because I really think it touches on what we're talking about today. So again, this is from my book, The Enneagram Letters, and it's in chapter five, and the title is Love Versus Sacrifice. This morning, I sat and watched the roofers fix the house next door, heating and laying down tar one square at a time. I was reminded of rebuilding homes in New Orleans the year after Katrina. I've experienced nothing like the overwhelming sight of an entire wall of a naked home that I was meant to dress one nail and one strip of vinyl at a time. Even now, as I write to you, I can remember the sense of hopelessness, the fear that it would take all day, that I would break in the process of pushing past my perceived limits, feeling as though it was too much, too big of a task. I learned to focus on just the next nail and not to look at that and not to look at all that was ahead of me. One more nail, one more piece of vinyl, and remembering why we were there the person who would benefit from our efforts and why the work we were doing was hard, but it was not an exhaustion for nothing. It was an exhaustion for something, for someone. Each nail, another step toward getting someone back in their home. One more nail, one more strip of vinyl, one step closer to a home. When I forgot why we were doing this and focused instead on the hot Louisiana sun beating down on my ginger skin, my lack of sleep or the aching in my back from squatting at the same level for nail after nail after nail, I would want to flee, to free myself from the obligation of doing too much. After all, people need to sleep. We need time alone to rest and my skin would blister in the sun. My mind racing with reasons why this was too much to ask of myself, too much to give. Then I would remember the people the humans whose home I was putting back together one nail at a time, the memories they lost, the fear they must hold, and the loss that turned my stomach when I thought of it. And I spoke their names and words of love one nail at a time. Sharon, Marcus, Gigi, Dan. Each name a reminder that I can do more than I think I can. Through this, I have learned that it is much easier to love than to over-sacrifice. When I focus on how much I am giving and what is being taken from me, I wither at the thought of giving more. Yet, the same action done in love breathes life into my bones and my capacity grows tenfold. So past Sarah Jane talking to our fives really knew what future Sarah Jane needed to hear, okay? (laughs) But that's been my lesson for the week is just softening, opening, and giving from a place of true love and care. Now let's get into what happened last week. So last week, my life was a little bit uh, on the chaotic side. I drove from Sewanee, Tennessee to Atlanta on Monday. I taught a workshop on Tuesday morning and then met with a coaching client right after that. And then they just worked on my computer kind of through the evening because 
I was away from the work that I needed to do on the computer while I was with people and I just needed to catch up. So we did that. And then Wednesday I worked from the hotel and checked out around 3 PM and then had lunch and drove home to Asheville, North Carolina. So we did a three hour drive, worked, did a four hour drive. And then I was in Asheville for two nights. I spent Thursday kind of working, packing up the kids' room, taking care of like things that I needed to do around the house, like plant care. I had to get an oil change. I also had some client meetings and I was like working on the computer. It was just wild. It was just chaos, like trying to do all of that in a day. And then Friday, the kiddo and I drove to Sewanee at 11 a.m., normally a five-hour drive, but it took quite a bit longer. Um, we didn't realize this, but we were caught in Bonnaroo traffic. So we were driving and it was just like constant traffic from every corner. We couldn't find catch a break. It was exhausting. We also, I downloaded a Murakami book thinking, oh, we'll listen to Murakami on the drive. Not appropriate for an 11 year old. <laughs> so we didn't have anything to listen to. We were just kind of like losing our minds, honestly. Um, and then I, Saturday went to Walmart and the town over and was like, there's some music festival. And Obi was like, yeah, that's Bonnaroo. <laughs> so, um, we were stuck in Bonnaroo traffic. And so, yeah, last week was a bit of like a survival week, you know, just like doing the best I could to get what I needed to get done and not overachieving really in any way. I just survived. Um, but I feel really good about that. I made it, you know, we survived and now we're kind of back into some normalcy, a little bit of, you know, getting back into a routine of things. Um, what I'm feeling vulnerable about this week, honestly, my body is just struggling right now. I have, I assume I have TMJ, but my jaw hurts so bad. Like it hurts to touch it hurts to like open my mouth, like, so, like to a certain degree. Um, and then that, I think that's causing like really bad headaches every day. And then we're sleeping on like a dorm bed. I'm just, I'm on the struggle bus. Okay. My be in pain. Um, I also didn't get as many workouts in last week as I'm used to. Like I was traveling and I just kind of skipped a couple cause I, I was tired. So, um, I'm excited to kind of get back into moving my body. My body always feels better when I'm moving it regularly. So that felt good to we kind of play tennis this morning and I feel some like lubrication coming back, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm in pain and I feel vulnerable about it. I don't like it. Thank you. I am feeling proud of really making this house feel much more like a home, like, I, it's not going to ever feel like perfectly cozy, but it feels a lot better than it did when we first got here. I also think it's really exciting to note that like our kiddo loves it here. I was really worried that they were going to be miserable, but turns out they're thrilled and I'm thrilled because of that. Having two people that you love be really happy somewhere makes it better, even if you're not having the best. It's not like your favorite thing ever, which I am having more fun than I make it sound. <laughs> I just like, um, it's not the same for me, right? As it is for them, but I'm happy for them. And my core desired feelings for the month of June, number one is flexible. 
So I want to integrate like kid activities into my workday so that the kiddo can have like a magical time here. Uh, husband's super busy. I'm really busy, honestly, but I'm trying to navigate building space in for that. And then free is my other core desired feeling. I'm going to feel that by working from the coffee shop at least a little bit most days just to kind of be around other people, feel flexible. And like, I'm not in like just one box room all day long. And then friendly, I made a friend. <laughs> um, I and the, like, sometimes you just meet people and you're like, oh, I want to, I want to be your friend. Um, and I felt this way about this woman, Elizabeth here. And I was like, be my friend. And we had coffee and I loved it. And I'm going to try to make more friends, but also just make a point to reach out to her more. And my self-care challenge this week was to buy myself a mattress topper. I did that. It is amazing. And this week, I really am going to take myself on that date that I didn't do two weeks in a row. I said I was going to do it and then I just kept not doing it. But this week, I definitely need to prioritize it because we have kiddo full time. I'm working full time. My husband's working, you know, on school. So it's just it's just a lot. And I think just the replenishment that just like taking myself out to a little lunch can do for me is infinite. So I'm just going to make a point to prioritize that. And what's coming up in terms of content this week on the podcast Wednesday, we will finish our series on debunking Enneagram stereotypes with the head center types five, six, and seven. And then Friday, I have an interview with my, with not my therapist, with a therapist, Melanie Rashbaum about attachment styles. So this week is an invitation to all of us to give from a place of love. We're going to end today with a quote from Katherine Hepburn. Love has nothing to do with what you were expecting to get, only what you were expecting to give, which is everything. What you will receive in return varies, but it really has no connection with what you give. You give because you love and cannot help giving. Thank you all so much for joining me, and I will see you Wednesday for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.